Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swizz. And uh, thank you for joining us. This is a new day, ladies and gentlemen. It's a new dawn. It's a new life. It's for... also a second recording at the moment as well. <laughs> <laughs> for us. Um, good chat. Uh, obviously, today is proudly sponsored and brought to you by Manscaped. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. Before we move on, the SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Also on all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And Chris on the YouTube. Yeah, search for us for Supercoach Insider. Actually, uh, I think we're up to like $12 per thousand now, guys. Just kicking it, kicking What's it What's happening? I know. I know. People just love the YouTube. You know, I they're jumping like, on there. I feel like I'm part of Hancock where he's, everyone's coming in. What is happening? Um, we're actually <laughs> making... A little bit of dollars. Um, speaking of which, obviously, support for Supercoach Insider is brought to you by Manscaped, uh, who are the best men's below the waist grooming. So Chris is all about that because you might not look like it, but Chris is a hairy mother foe. Um, <laughs> and he's I'm flexing a, it there. I'm a, I'm a wog, and, you know, the hair just grows in all the are places you, really? you want it to grow. Yeah. Are you I really am, a wog? Yeah. I'm Maltese. I'm Maltese, mate. Oh, mate. I thought you were just... Anyway. Uh, products are precision <laughs> engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join for over 4 million men worldwide who join Manscaped. Uh, this exclusive offer for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you are into taking care of your business and you don't like a hairy beast below, 20% off and free worldwide shipping for SC Insider 100, which is our code. Go to manscaped.com. And if the maths is correct, which it always is for us in our statistics... That's 8 million balls, boys. Um, <laughs> get amongst it. 8 million balls. Well done, mate. Wow. That was Yeah, oh, so Chris, a, you got great fantastic table read, my friend. That was uh that was really well done. Thank Respect you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Hey, would I would I get a gig anywhere else? Um uh, you got the bag. I do. I, yes. I, we all got these glorious bags. You got the box there. It actually oh, I got yeah, the I box. Was, it's I was pretty impressed. Right. But, so It's some good well, stuff, man. You got to you got to <laughs> Blow some of those um, hairs well, off. I'll tell, you a little, I'll tell you a little story, guys, because this little story started with the pod, podcast. Probably followed this, but um, I, you know, I had a bit of a, a chubbier face at some point in my life, and uh, I, I, you know, after a while of looking at myself with shame, I decided I'd start working out. And part of that was you know getting rid of some unsightly mane, some hair, okay, that I <laughs> had because. Powers. Because I have hair everywhere, unfortunately. And it doesn't grow like, you know, like those good looking guys like, you know, Henry Cavill, where you can get a hairy chest and you still look like an absolute boss. My hair does not grow that way. It's very often <laughs> powers. It's hamster patch central. It's not good. It's not good for anybody. Um, <laughs> so I then decided to go out and purchase one of those, you know, five in one trimmers, which was like way too expensive for what it actually did. And uh, needless to say, I've uh, had a mixed experience and then i got this and i can tell you that uh, like this is way better for from first-hand experience from a guy that actually does regularly shave first of all is you know is all is all up here but also is all yeah all down there I'm not, I'm, see i'm not i'm not hairy up above chris i'm just the um the other part and realistically oh, okay. 
Well, realistically, the men's business isn't really attractive in general anyway, so maybe tidy up your stuff is what I'm saying for most people out there. But um, Chris, you finish your story. I do have a little one of my own. Well, I think the thing is, is it, the, it looks like a plastic guard under here. And I think that that's really what it just, it just feels so soft when you're actually going and doing your business. It doesn't feel like you're about to rip half your hair out and, and, go, and create some unsightly areas. It just feels a lot nicer. So for anyone that's actually looking at doing this and maybe like, oh, I don't know if I'll shave because it, you, know, you could get an accident. I definitely would recommend these got this because it's the softest I've used so far for sure by a mile. Yeah. Um, what were you using so before happy. this? Because I think I was using I was, like the Phillips one head or something, which is, you know, it was decent enough. And, uh, but they were kind enough to obviously take care of us and give us their, um, was it the performance package 4.0 with the, what is it? The fourth generation trimmer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, you know, realistically, I was, when I got this, I was like, who uses ball deodorant, right? But I'm going to say, like, literally, good. but I, we're having a chat off air and I was like, man, it's like cologne for your nuts. And I was like, I, I walk out of my bedroom, feel, I, I feel in a million bucks. I, I got the Conor McGregor swagger on. <laughs> I walk out to my partner. I'm like, how about it? She's like, get out. But it still, it works. It works. Um, but, um, yeah, and, and it came with, uh, what do they call it, a weed whacker as well, which is mainly for your nose and ears. Now, I don't have ear hair. I didn't even realize I had a lot of nose hair until I think it was about 20 years of age and my girlfriend, before Christmas, gave me one of the nose trimmers. And I was like, <laughs> like, use it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But um, Should have given her a bowling ball back. That's a Simpsons reference for those playing at home. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, but um, really kind of them to take it up. And, um, and they provided all three of us as well. So Swizz actually gets some merch as well, Swizz. Um, Swizz is actually going to do a show all demonstration for someone he hasn't used it yet. <laughs> from from um, the koala here, which is growing a bit of hair through his ear and that. So I thought uh, I'd give Bomber Koala a bit of a trim. Right. Nice. Yes. Well yeah. done. Well done. No, I think it's a great product and I definitely get um, get onto it, guys. And uh, yeah, thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring us. And uh, I guess, uh, yeah, that's where we sort of move on to the rest of the potty, guys. So thank you very much. Yep. So again, SC Insider 100, go to manscaped.com, put in our code, free shipping, 20% off. So if you're into this, and realistically, we spoke about it last week, 99% of our listeners and viewers, uh, you know, we get quite a few a week now, uh, are male, and they're also between that 18 to 40 year bracket. And realistically, um, yeah, get aboard. And if you support us, support the people that support us. Peter Market, my my partner said, uh, hit us up and she's like, oh, do they have like a a she-manscaped sort of range? And I I don't know if that's true, but I mean, there's a market there for sure. Um, So she's looking at um, purchasing some merchandise as well. So yeah, good stuff. There you go. So she must have recognized the goods is what I'm saying. <laughs> Jeez, Chris, tell her to be patient. Tell her to stop being so testy. Um, Do we need to? <laughs> oh, can we, we also say the public and get um, some female views of uh, of this product this week? And that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyone want to volunteer? Get their now, Tinder account going and. Uh, all of that is complete, honest, and genuine feedback because I've used it this week. Chris has used it this week. Swizz is using it on a koala. But, um, and also, we, we can't go up. We're not saying anything false. I mean, we, you know, realistically, if Chris had this before, he might not have hypothetically been divorced twice, Chris. So, <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically Look, speaking. We're not saying it's not the reason, do but we're also not saying it's not not the reason. 
Correct. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> Strangling your cougar. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, so let's move on. The format for today, obviously, as well, I'm drinking Splash Vodka um, because I have a fridge full of them, thanks to our friends at splashvodka.com.au. I need to get some more of that action, by the way. I'm I've got to, them in the fridge if I'm you pop around now part. and then, mate. If you come and visit. Come and, if you come and visit now <laughs> and then. Come and visit. Raid the fridge. Take all the Splash Vodka and leave. See, Chris used to like to visit, but when I wasn't home, so I was very suspicious. Yes. <laughs> Happy for and happy Mother's Day to any of the mothers out there listening. Where 99% of you as a male, but there you, go, there you go. And speaking of which, funny enough, my missus actually watched a podcast, a YouTube video for the first time in how long, talking about whoever on YouTube put in comments, comments about, oh, Swiss, give him that thing over your shoulder. And she's like, oh, what's this? You're talking about me? I was like, oh, no, nothing, babe. Just a, a boring wig, real standard. And then she heard the shit I was talking about my yeah. last Mother's Day. And I copped it so bad. Um, uh, anyway, time. format for today, rookies, particularly it's a big week, whether you go triple down or priorities, because some of you are like, Hey, um, oh, Swiss, Swiss. And everyone's really keen for Swiss. I think we've had three people online already. Swizzers take on Rioli. Cause if Swiss is going Rioli, then pretty much a lot of people I think will be swayed into him. Um, and also then looking at strategies and who we're targeting at the moment, who is cashed at this point in time. Who are we moving into and particularly focusing on those positional changes as well because stuff starts to get complicated going into the buys and there's no point in you picking up a forward if all of a sudden there's really good forward DPPs coming your way. So, yeah, start with these. Where do we start? I think, I think we should start with uh, with Swizz. Do yeah, you the, have the, the balls the one, to go the, with Maurice Philly? The number one guy this week, the number one price man, you've got to get on him, Tom Lynch, right? <laughs> I'm going to shut that okay. down with a hard note. Okay, he's, we'll already, he's already, he's no, already Tommy, 491k. Mate, tell you what, Tommy is on fire. But no, you want to talk about Morris Rioli. When you play against Witches Hats, mate, what do you expect? You know? Well, that's right. Darcy Moore, like, fucking hell. What's he offering? Seven-year <laughs> contract or something? All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. I actually think Darcy Moore saw all of our commentary on Brody Grundy and getting a big contract and doing fuck all going, Hey boys, hold my beer. I'm going to sit here and do absolutely nothing. The, no, look, the very second I get a contract. Tom Lynch had 25 we, touches and full, it's enough. 25 touches, 11 marks. It was like Wayne Gary. Like he's a terrible one V one defender. And I think that that's oh. sort of been overlooked by the media is that his strength is, is as that guy that comes in and chops out or third man up. He's not really a, a very strong one-on-one defender. He's really terrible at it, actually. And without Jordan Ruffhead in it, we just get monstered by tools. Like, it's, it's why we got monstered in the 2018 Grand Final. We continually get monstered by anyone with a big forward. So if it's Hawkins, if it's Lynch, if it's Kennedy, like, they just kill us every single time. And and still, nothing has been done about it. So, sick. Thanks, Conor Football Club. Love you guys. All right. So, we obviously, we do want to talk about Rioli. Um, which is, <laughs> uh, yes. so 72 on the weekend the um the positive there is he didn't actually kick goals and he still scored 72 um 73 game time so that's not too bad you probably want a little bit more for a small forward but um obviously hasn't played many games but was it the one or two last year or something but uh he's uh yeah the 14 touches I don't like the fact that he only had two tackles. You'd want a bit more defensive pressure for a guy like that. Like what he does is very skillful. And it reminds me of obviously the other Rioli, especially Cyril. You know, it's going to be not many touches, but it's going to do some things very special. I think at one point he like bounced the ball like a basketball and, and ran past a couple of the guys and that. So 
yeah, he's he's going to be very exciting to watch. But as a super coach option, I like the other guys in it. Um, my worry is Richmond still have a couple outs. Um, Floston was missing. Not that they play the same position, but somebody obviously has to miss out there. Now, that'll be Mansell this week um, because um, of the suspension when he uh, fixed up little Ginovan. Um, but, yeah, you know, they've, what, what we got, Prestia was out, illness, um, so he'll be back. Uh, and then, yeah, it depends what they want to sort of go. You know, Parker's been in and out of the side, but I know – Dimmer really likes Parker. So there's going to be that sort of balance each week. Um, you could see Castagna possibly getting dropped instead. Um, but then what does happen? Castagna goes back to the twos, probably has a good game, and then does he push Rioli back out? So um, I think he prob- he'll keep his spot this week. Uh, I've got confidence in that. But then how many weeks after that? And it's one of those things we always say, it's one bad game and you're next out. So I would be saying a hard no to Rioli. Let me get this straight, Swizz. You're saying it's one of those things. <laughs> um, but there is competition for spots there as well. Even Dow, Ralph Smith, there's a few others. As far as the interchange bench goes, there is some competition for spots. Sydney um, which was does... the sub, so he, I know they really like him because he continues to uh, muck up off field and he still finds his way back into the 22. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he came into the 22 this week. Yeah, Castagna's the obvious one. Probably a bit easier because Mansell obviously is going to be out because of suspension. So, um, yeah, it'd be kind of interesting now that we're starting to get most of the players back. Um, what the kind so of so? Did you say Mansell or did you say Thug? Because I think they won the same when I'm. Le- Legend about. goes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I I kind of agree with you. Um, I am still thinking of bringing him in though, because. I really only want him for three weeks, which is kind of counterproductive. But I'm just feeling like, what is one trade? Because that's essentially all I'm spending on him. Uh, I'm looking at trying to maximize cash flow. And right now I've got a guy called, uh, uh, I don't even know what his stupid name is in my team. Oh, um, the Essendon guy? No, no, no. no, no, no Roses. Um, Roses. Yeah, sorry. Also Roses. So I've got right. Roses there. He's just pumped out and what, 18 he scored on the weekend? Something bad, yep. And (laughs) so it's obviously said he's break even to like 50s, right? So he's going to have to score at least 50 to not even drop cash. But to reset his cash gen is going to be at least two more weeks. So I think that it's even if he gets a 70, he's only going to go up like 5K and he's still going to have a high break even. So it's really stalled that. Now, he has the first, uh, Rioli has the first buy, as unfortunately do quite a lot of the rookies this week. So what I'm looking at from Rioli is if I'm going to do a double or a triple downgrade, which I actually am considering doing, um, I'm just looking at let's get him to the buy and trade him out at the buy because that's that's as far as I think his cash generation might go, maybe three weeks. But in that three weeks with the break-even that he has, if he pulls a 70 this week, he's making 120K in those three weeks. So... I'm looking more at the short-term cash gain and not potentially the long-term hold that others are looking for. I think if you're looking at, I need long-term guys, I need a guy that's going to carry me through the buys. I don't think he's it. I think there's other better op- options. I think if you want a guy that could potentially play the next you know, three games, essentially up to the buys, he's he's got the ability to be able to do that. And Dimmer has shown in the past that he obviously does like to reward guys that play the role. And he's killing the role. Small pressure forward. He tackles like a machine. He chases. He does all those like forward pressure things that 
you really need that sort of young blood to come into the team to do and keeps the other guys on their toes. Not saying that he's going to be a good long-term option because I don't think he will be. As I said, I think he's only got a few games in him. But I'm optimistic that he'll be able to get us to the buys, make 120K real quick, like bang. And by the time he does that, you know, um, what's his... Roses is going to still be languishing at around the same price. So that one trade is going to net me that extra 80 to 100K. So... That's what I'm looking yeah, at makes from sense. my point yeah. of view. Yeah. That's the painful part with those uh, Carol, Rioli, um, Hamilton. Realistically, they all have the first buy. So I'm considering something similar as far as Hamilton trying to make some of that quick cash to sort of move on. Uh, and hopefully there'll be some rookies either first, you know, on the bubble, hopefully, or at least just premature um, in that sort of buy period to be able to sort of free up some cash and have a, a body on field. It's an interesting one for me. Um I yeah, haven't put Rioli in my side yet, though. I think we talk about Hamilton next because they kind of go in conjunction with each other because that's the mid-forward option um, as well. So Hamilton, I like a little bit better because he's that $20,000 cheaper. Um, playing defense, played 90% on time on ground. Um, so I kind of think there's Cameron backing him in a lot more and because of the role he's playing, where Rioli's more, you know, he's doing the spurts off the bench. Yeah, that, that game time is kind of low. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, Morris has got to develop his tank to, so he can stay out there longer. Um, Hamilton didn't get as much of the ball, but um, was more effective. And we know playing, um, you know, back line, much easier to get those sort of cheap kicks across half back or, um, yeah, so and he even he had the three tackles, which kind of boosted his score. So, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a, I think they're kind of a much of a muchness in a way of their scoring. Um, maybe Morris has slightly a little bit better potential to score where I think Hamilton's kind of a bit like what we were getting from DeConning early days and you're going to get that sort of 50-55. But I feel more confident because GWS don't have any players notably coming back. Um, so it keeps that sort of job security, which could be handy during that buy period. Obviously the role as well from behind the footy, it, it breeds more consistent scoring patterns as opposed to sort of, you know, your big one when you kick the goals and then your low ones when you don't. Rioli's 73 really bodes well considering he didn't kick the goals, but there's going to be a game where he goes 25 because he doesn't kick goals and he doesn't get the tackles and he just doesn't, he, do, he might do all the right things and he still doesn't score. Um, whereas in defense, it's really hard to not be able to score those. So um, just consideration. Okay. Yeah, I call that the O'Driscoll when they just use the other wing and ignore you for half the fucking game. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw up this before you. Sorry, Ben, you go. But so Rioli's got Hawthorne and Essen the next two weeks in the Essendon games, obviously the dream time. So he probably does play that one. Um, the worry is the round eleven game Sydney. Um, so it's probably the game where he really is going to struggle in. Um, the Giants, however, they've got. Oh, uh, you cut me off, Swiss. The Giants are playing Carlton, but then they've got West Coast. Yes. Talk about trying to get a nice little price rise. They'll get more of the pie. They play the Lions before their buy, but that West Coast good score, hopefully coming, will then promote that cash generation. And if you're lucky enough to keep him round 13, North Melbourne, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, in that buy round yeah. with best 18, he could go well. And it's one of those, uh, not, well, not one of those things. It's one of those ones. The. The team generally gets more of the pie, so it's easier. Team, you know, players, are, it's easier to scrape through a 60 or a 70 when your team's winning. If the ball goes into that defensive line, so if, if it goes into GWS's defense, then it can usually leak out a bit quicker. So it'll be link up, link up, bang, effective kick. 
there's not as much pressure on the ball, which means that you can be more effective. Um, generally, even the bottom teams still get quite a few inside 50s. It just bounces out. Yeah. So that's why I'm sort of looking at him in particular because of that A, West Coast next week and then North Melbourne for round 13. And then I'd probably be looking t- for that round 14 using Hamilton probably if I can to really maximize that cash. I think there'll be a hundred or $150,000 easy by that round sort of 14. And he'll force it to just because he's that cheapest um, starting price. Yeah. But I think Rioli it, probably goes 70 this week's against the Hawks. Dreamtime, it could get a big occasion for him. You know, it's the big night for Indigenous players. So, he, you know, there's a big chance he might score well, but sometimes the Indigenous players don't play as well on that on that because it's just such a big occasion, especially with the younger guys. So I feel like he probably goes like a 50 and then gets Sydney and, you know, he'll get absolutely smashed that game where Carlton Hamilton's going to see a bit of ball down the back line because obviously the Blues are flying. The West Coast game, they're, they're just going to rack it up all day. And then the Lions, you know, though he's going to probably have to, you know, be there with McCarthy and Cameron and that, there was a big chance the ball's going to spend a lot of time in that Giants back line against you boys. So I feel like he's got the opportunity to rack up some ball there as well. So that's why yeah, I like Hamilton better than Rioli. Yep, me too. And that's why I think it's reliant as well um, with the positioning. So realistically, I think Whitfield started playing forward or half forward flank wing which then freed up that spot behind the ball. Even then Whitfield played sort of forward flank and wing, and then they threw him into the midfield. I think it was third quarter because they weren't capitalizing on their hitouts. They weren't actually driving forward and going with purpose inside 50. So that's also something to note. But one thing that was for certain is that Whitfield wasn't actually going back behind the ball. So um, I don't mind him there. The next one is Carroll, 123K as well. Now this one probably causes a little bit of divide, I think, in the S. See insider crew here because I'm pretty big on Carroll. Now I know it's it is dependent on Hewitt uh, because if Hewitt goes inside, Carroll's been playing wing particularly, and Carlton have a lot of midfielders. They have a lot of midfielders that are kind of forced to go outside. When you have you know Chera, uh, Kennedy, Walsh, you know guys that are still good enough to be inside of probably any other club, uh, especially West Coast. The it does create an issue. So it might be instead of Carroll starting on a wing, maybe it'll be him starting on a bench, getting less game time, getting less opportunities. And again, on the wing, if they use your side, wonderful. And if they don't, then they can pretty much bypass you and you're, you're there hoping for the switch um, to get your points. So uh, Chris, we'll start with you. And then Swizz, what do you think on Carroll? Chris, you think he won't even be named? Yeah, no, I don't think he's even going to be named for a start. But I mean, here's the other thing, guys. We still haven't seen all of the midfielders at Carlton together. So Kennedy obviously has come back whilst Hewitt's been out, um, which means that this is the first time that we're going to see Hewitt, Kennedy, Chera, Cripps, Walsh all in the same team. Um, so that can only mean bad things for Carroll's job security. Um, and I know he's obviously been playing more in a wing. I like the uh, the crush there. Keiju <laughs> crush. Right. Um, so I can't, I can't imagine that's a good thing for Carroll at all. It's He's half a bad game away from being dropped. So, look, they'll probably try and squeeze him into that mix, but if it doesn't work, he's the first out. I think he's got really bad job security. I think that if you've, if he's going to score well, and if you need an on-field um, position, why do you need it in midfield is probably my first question, considering that Clark is probably coming back. Um, we've also got Cooper Stevens next week, who looked amazing on the week. So you've got two midfielders, plus you probably had McComb last week. I don't know why you'd need Carroll. So it doesn't. It seems like a massive waste 
of a rookie spot, if you're looking at, at Carroll, he seems the worst out of the three mid-only mid rookies in, in regards to Clark obviously being the best. I rate Cooper, I've rated Cooper Stevens highly for years. He looked brilliant on the weekend. I, I actually do rate, he's had another year in the system. Yeah, I just think Carroll, to me, is going to be really fighting his way to try and keep his spot. And I know that Cooper Stevens, you could probably argue the same there, but I don't know why you take the risk. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially when he's got the first buy. Yeah, none of that yep. really makes any sense to me. Maybe he's, with- maybe he'll improve end of the season, you know what I mean? Because I heard um, particularly end of the year, Carol does his best work around Christmas. <laughs> um, but... Also, I did hear, Chris, I sent a little bit of an email. It was a real quick one, just a meme, <laughs> just a memo. Hitting up Carlton, just actually trying to find out um, what's his job security like. And apparently, Paddy Dow hasn't played a game yet this season and he's putting <laughs> putting a lot of pressure on him. Hey, just they, they could use someone that I can't didn't realize use more. I was about to speak about that, actually, mate. Zero games. He's putting pressure on Carol in the VFL squad because yeah, Dow's no, not I, even playing I, VFL. I will speak about that because um, Carlton had the all the one of the biggest almighty chokes in VFL history on the weekend. One under Frankston, <laughs> I think they were about seven or eight goals down at three quarter time against standalone Frankston, and Frankston came charging home. Um, they kicked uh, well; they get there about ten goals in the last quarter, uh, and that's one to look at. Will Ford Will Fordham, um, mid-season draft, former North Melbourne player. Just keep an eye on him. But up to that stage. Um, Paddy Dow and Lockie Fogarty had absolutely dominated that game. Um, Fogarty had, what do you have, 28, and I think it was 12 tackles. Paddy Dow had 33 touches. So 28 and 12. Lockie Fogarty had 28 and 12 tackles. Surely that's level. a reprise. And I that, love, so, I, I like Fogarty. I don't, yeah. Yeah. So, he, right. so he's gone, he's gone 130 AFL fantasy. You've had Paddy Dow <laughs> just absolutely rack it up 33 times and that. So, I mean, work yeah. that hey, out. Chris, Chris Fogarty does his best. Yeah. Fogarty does his best work early in the morning. <laughs> his puns are on point today. I respect um, that. You know, um, what else so, does its work early in the morning. So you've got those two who obviously will come in. <laughs> yes, um, those two who will come under contention, and that's a bit about what we didn't mention with um, Morris Rioli as well. Like the Tigers had a big win against uh, Port Melbourne, and the best players for the Tigers, Jack Ross. Sonsi, who's been dominating the VFL yet to make his debut, and um, Thompson Dow, um, back from that injury, um, yeah, absolutely racked them, up, racked them up as well. And we know how much Dimmer likes Thompson Dow. So um, Richmond, Carlton have players pushing for the side. The Giants VFL didn't play this week. Um, so you're going to think there's going to be definitely no changes there and there's nobody coming back from injury. So um, at least for this week, maybe, and possibly for at least another one, Hamilton, you know where, where I, I probably agree with you there, Chris. Uh, I think Carroll probably stays in, might be pushed out to the sub, depending if Hewitt's available or not. But, yeah, I think Fogarty on that form will find his way into the 23. Yeah, Swiss, I've heard a lot about Sensei. Apparently he's really good at martial arts. <laughs> You're on fire mm. tonight, Ben. I'll actually pay mm. them. He's, he's, he's manscaped up and he's coming he with the puns. He's got the balls to put I'm, it on. I'm going line. balls out. There you <laughs> balls go. Out. Balls out. Um, Actually, what does it say on the back of the shirt? Should I, should I, I uh, it says the same as the front of the shirt, Chris, just – but you can flex a bit more. But it does say your balls are – your balls? Well, thank you. Um, I'm just going to flex the chest a bit more. But Carol's still found um, the ball. He's still got it 18 times. And uh, what um, – Martin got subbed off, so – 
that's probably Fogarty for Martin. Um, but there's Cottrell come back into the best 22, how they sort of, and then as we said, it's all on Hewitt. So who else might well get dropped? Does Owies maybe go out instead and Carroll stays in this week? There's yeah, a few but if quick... he stays, is he staying on the wing or is he staying that's, And that's the thing. Then does like, Carroll then have to go extended. play forward? So there, there's a lot of question marks. I agree with you there, Chris. I think he's still, unlike you, stays this week, but his role, yeah, it's got me question marks. As much as I know Voss likes him, they're winning and they've got a lot of options. So I, I'd also argue that I'd still, even though he's obviously not in the bubble, I'd if you have to get a mid-rookie in, I'd be going Clark. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, um, so, I mean, I know a lot of people have already gone on Clark, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, like I would be doing that. 100%. Especially if you need Easily. someone on field too, because uh, like yeah. me, Barry pretty much has to go out of my side, which will be part of the topic today anyway, but Barry out. And if you need to have a rookie on field, then Clark's probably one that a lot of people are going to have on field or at least a loop to have on field. So I feel like you're not going to be too far behind. Like if Clark only goes to 60, then I think there'll be a lot of people with him on field. Um, yeah. So I went yeah, with Yeah, so that's one I don't week. mind. So I went with Cone last week, the plan to get Clark probably the week after. And then Hamilton's the one that I like is that M, say, 11, let's call it that, is the swing player. The swing, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, that's, and that's why I'm also, that's why I also don't mind Rioli because I can grab both yep. and have one forward, one in mid, and then allows me to change out whoever based on the rookies or whoever I need to trade to at the buy. And I've committed to trading one of them at the buy. So um, gives me, buys me a few weeks. I'm looking at actually the triple downgrade this week. Um, so I, I've Eek. looked in the, well, and the main reason is I am, I also have the ability to get in Strandika, Strandika, Strandika. <laughs> well, I don't know. Str- old straddle dick. <laughs> straddle dick, indeed. Um, straddle D's. Um, <laughs> anyway. One of you um, gets on the so- manscape. If you're yeah, oh, you have to. Yeah, Surely. Surely. Um, well, he's an AFL player. He's got a you know, he's chiseled. Yeah. He needs to take That's care right. of his business as well. And, and they go nightclubbing as well. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, when your dick's on, your oh, dick's on. All together. Um, anyway, so, yeah, land so your plane, Chris. So uh, I'm looking at uh, at the taking care of that Hugh Dixon cash because it doesn't look like that's going to be – I didn't want – like with this 47 break even, I was considering, oh, just hold, just hold him because – He's obviously going to be sole ruck that week and he's going to be able to at least score me a 70 or whatever it may be and at least restart that cash gen. Now with Sturendika um, coming back in, he's probably going to be coming back in, probably will, but he'll probably be second ruck. And then he goes back to those sort of 50 to 70 range in terms of his output and scoring. And then I've got to wait to generate cash. I'm just cutting my losses now. I'll take the uh, Strandika or alternatively I'm looking at going up to English in that spot, putting Hayes to uh, three and I'm not sure exactly which one I'll do yet. Um, yeah. And the dogs play in... first too, which is hard. You have to make that decision. You can't see how Hayes goes. Yeah. But the benefit of bringing in Strandika is that obviously he has the second buy, whereas both Hayes and Proust both have the first buy. So he will cover that first buy, but, at that point, I'm probably going to have to trade him that next week because I'll want to swing in, say, um, I'm looking at trading him to the, I think there's a 117K ruck forward so that I can start swinging English back and around and and Cameron because he's obviously the best ruck forward there is at the moment. So, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm wondering how many times you can butcher Stranatica in a five-minute period, but um, you could yeah. be right. I could be wrong, but anyway. I'll, I'll put it into Google Translate. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, okay, so if we, we need to rank these then. So pretty much for me, I'm probably going Hamilton 1, Clark 2, Rioli 3, Carroll 4. Um, I'd go early on Clark instead of Carroll, just again by period, and I think the fact that there's a, there is – and based on the fact that I went Macomb last week. Swizz, where are you at? Yeah, um, yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, I think actually it's probably agree with you. It's Hamilton, Clark, Carol Rioli for me. Ooh. Well, I'm Rioli I'm last only, for the Swiss. Yeah. I'm the only one that can get uh, Strandica, Strandica. Um, <laughs> but I'm so for that reason, I, I'm I have him second ahead, um, and I won't be getting Clark this week. I'll what wait mean? because I don't I don't need him on field. So we all can get him. Point. We all can go Gorn down to him. <laughs> that's, that's a good trade, isn't it? When, that, that actually is great. Uh, all those, all those g- g- gone owners. I think they're so good with their one seventy four the other week. <laughs> I got news for you. Sammy Hayes comes in. You know? Did you know? Did you what, know? What did Hayes go last week? Like not the week just gone, but the one uh, before. No one cares about what he went last week. Last <laughs> week's old news. All right. <laughs> We're talking about this week. Outscored Gorn by 18, yes. You know, he also got double the amount of hitouts to advantage this week that, that Gorn does. So there's proof right there that Sam yeah. Hayes is twice as good as Max Gorn. Where'd he come third last year? He had a good week, though. Very <laughs> <laughs> first or last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, hey, hey, how dare you turn a Happy Gilmore quote into a Talladega Knights quote? That's what I do. That's kind of what I had to how I roll. Right. Swizz just trying to play catch up. Uh, Cooper Stevens next week, one to watch. Uh, you need two weeks of data. Do not bring in Cooper Stevens a week early. I think that's pretty much common sense there. Uh, and that's pretty much about it. As nah, far there's, as... there's still a couple more oh, that you need to oh, keep an eye on. Oh, you're not going beg, right? Beggars can't be choosers. After oh, no, I won't, I won't be touching odd. beg. Yeah, okay. but um, I mean, he had a good his, – his break even looks good, but obviously – we didn't think his role was very good in the first game, but he just scored. Um, and so well, it was interesting to see what the second round came. Um, but the other ones to watch out for, just because their defense is Buku Kamas, who actually played good, but he's a forward. And unfortunately, forwards don't score well. And he didn't even score well on the weekend. Um, but I'll be watching him for round two, which is this week. And uh, Rory Thompson also played his first game back after however many years. So two defensive rooks there. There's also Zach Reed. Um, he got a 40 this week, I believe. So he's averaging 50 and he's on the bubble, but he's um, priced at 170K. So Chris, he doesn't like it when you use his first name. You have to call him Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed. Um, so those guys are all defensive downgrade options. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how you can bring in Zach Reed at 170K. <laughs> Thompson and, got a 38. Yeah. And these guys aren't scoring too well. So. Potentially, if one of them goes a 60 next week, I could look to just trade them in and keep them at D8 um, through the buys. But, I mean, the only well, one you'd – the problem is that they all have that same buy, right? They've all got yeah. the round 13 buy. And that, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the problem. And that and Thompson the same, played with, on same with the best too. cash cow this week, which is Lynch. You know, it's got that first <laughs> buy. So. <laughs> but what's his projected oh, now? Like, surely his projected Swiss. inflated. Like no, no, his no, no. Oi, probably like, like 110, mate. You'll you'll go 110. He's sleep against Hawthorne, <laughs> and then he's got the bombers the week after. He's going 200 that week. Right. He'll keep 10 against the bombers. What did two meter Peter <laughs> score against Hawks, and then multiply oh. that by 1.3? Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
my wife said, whatever you do, do not go on this podcast and talk about two meter Pete. She cannot stand him. I've been walking around the house going two meter Pete, two meter Pete. Um, two meter <laughs> Pete scored one thirteen, six goals. Tom Lynch, Tom Lynch is going to have a fucking field day. <laughs> Peter, Peter Wright. That's right. Peter Wright, yeah. One thirteen. You got okay. So multiply that by one point three, and there you go. Lynch will go hundred. That's like a one. Don't now. Lynch is going one forty Saturday afternoon, mate. He's kicking at least six next week. Look, wow. I can only bring in one key forward every three years, and yeah. I did Tex Walker last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> on that, mate, I mean, how much got to be is better he than flying butters. at the moment? Yeah, right. Tex Walker flying. Yeah, he's yeah. scoring pretty well consistently too. Yeah. Um, I think he flies every. Game. He flies every second week, I think, mate. Usually um, to different states to play footy. No, no. Actually, I am going. I am going to mention well, that on that. On that. Tex Walker this year since coming in 107, 116, 103, 69, 104. Fucking killing it. And that's all the 69. time we give Tex Walker on this podcast. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, that, that covers pretty much all the rookies, hey, right? There's no other rookies that we mate, need to touch on. We're covering heaps. We've got such a big range on the Texas Walker range. Show us your range. Um, should, we, should we break the pod and then um, and talk about uh, trade-in targets now? Oh, if you really want to. Oh, let's just change it up. Let's go trade-in targets, boys. All okay. right. Well, number one trading target for the week has to be Darcy Cameron, boys. Yeah, if you're a flog and you're into disappointment. Um, he got towed up by um, big man Richmond. Bloody, what's his name? I don't know who you're talking about. Nane Curvis. He got towed up by Nane Curvis. And yes, I know Darcy Cameron scored well, which is the only oh, thing yeah, that people actually – Oh, yeah, this is the great thing. He's the only the, thing the that people he care about. 13 hitouts for the entire game, and he still, still scored 108 and didn't even kick a goal. How? Because he got 21 disposals. He took contested marks. He went behind the football. He does, He basically played a Gorn-like game without the hitouts. That's what he did. He was around the ground everywhere. They targeted him when they were transitioning the football. He's got a lot of effective disposals because a lot of them were, you know, like contested ball, handball off. So he you know, wasn't butchering his kicking. He didn't have any turnovers. He got freeze for instead of freeze against. So, yeah, he was – he actually he, – he's got a great super coach game in the ruck and he scores well in the ruck. How many freeze um, four did he get? Like four or five? I think he got three freeze four maybe or four. Yeah, like he got, he got quite a bit. Um, and, again, they all count as a contested disposal. So – to score 108 with only 13 hitouts as a ruckman is and no goals, that's a pretty good feat. Like he's got a 130 in him, like absolutely. He's also got a 70 or an 80 in him, guaranteed. Well, Chris, so don't think that you just got to roll into scoring. He's got a 130 in him, and that's when someone else will kick at least 20 goals on them. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, give, I'll give a shout out to my mate Abdul, who's 17th overall at the moment. He traded butters last week to Darcy Cameron. What a fucking ballsy move that was. Well, how's, but Abdul was getting in like McGrath. Like, no, was it? Um, no, it was McDonald. Luke McDonald. McDonald. I don't know how many trades he's got left, but fuck, he's bloody using them well at the moment because he's fucking flying. Is so it what Butters, is he for the week? Butters, like, guys. What are we doing with Butters? Because I, I am I was holding very... because they're playing fucking North Melbourne. And, yeah. and, he's, and his form line is 51 30. That so he this is the week he goes one thirty doesn't he? Fucking Surely, but them. here's the problem I've got right. If he's your only access point to to English, would you rather have English or would you rather have butters? Not English. So do well, you do it or do you just you hold for a week no, and bring I, in English? I, next mate, week? if they were playing anyone else, he's so out of my team. But they're playing North, like 
Fucking North. You know what saved him? This. The only thing that saved him in my yeah. team. Because after I actually, I was so rage trading. I literally, like, super coach opened. I got straight on. He was the first guy out of my team. Like, I didn't even click on any rookies. I'm like, nah, trade out Zach Butters. Bang, first. Uh, and for a day, I stewed on it. And then I thought, wow, there's some really good points to keep him. So, yes, obviously North, that's the first one. I thought his break-even would be much higher than it is. It's only 105. So that's very achievable yeah. for Butters as well. Um, so he could obviously you know, stifle that point loss with a, with, a, with a good score this week, and he's also likely to do so. Yes, his role isn't as good as it was, say, you know, four or five weeks ago when, or, or when the start of the season, etc. but it's still a pretty good role. He can score forward too, but he does go a little bit missing in the forward line. He played um, midfield though. They were talking about him in his and midfield. They, he just he there just was a butchered passage it. there I was watching, and the yeah. ball was going down the wing, and he is just standing inside the center square, not like jogging on the spot. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. run one direction at least, just any direction. Just don't yeah. fucking jog on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> almost like he got a bit lost. Um, yeah. To and answer your question but- though, Chris, Chris, Chris. Um, you need both of them, mate. You need butters and you need English because so what I'm you need to, butter no. on your English muffins. So oh, you okay. need both. Thank you, you very much, mate. That's good. <laughs> um, I'm committed to now, first of all, obviously, because he has the first buy, he can actually carry you through the other buys as well. So there's that benefit. And then the other benefit, which is I'm hoping towards, is that worst case scenario, I do feel like there's going to be some trade-outs in the forward line over the buy period, and we'll touch on the reasons why, but there seems to be quite a few good forward upgrade targets that are going to happen at round 12. So I'm looking to transition out of some. Butters is one, though, who could be just about the most perfect M9 F7 in the history of the game, in that he's very easily an avoid if he drops a 50, and very easily a take if he drops a 120. Because unfortunately, his scoring seems to be that yo-yo. So at you know, loopholing him onto the field is probably going to be your best long-term option. And then he doesn't seem so bad. And he was only 450 to start the season, so it's not like you've spent a lot on him. So now I'm kind of like, well, as a matter of fact, maybe I just keep him for the season, push him to uh, to F7, and then just roll with him off the off the bench. I think that we've got enough trades this year to make that happen. So that's now what I'm looking at doing long-term. Particularly if you started with more of the mid-prices that have dominated. Uh, yeah. if, you've, if you've had to correct after correct after correct, then uh, newsflash, you've already burned enough trades. And uh, sorry to say, you're kind of stuck with him. So yeah. it's either way. Well, that's true though. And if you have the luxury, then you should probably keep him anyway because those that kind of used all these other trades to sort of correct their side, they can't really afford to make even more corrections when you get towards the buys, it's pretty much finish your team. If you have some trades left, then try and look at, see what you can do. Um, otherwise, if you have started, like a, we have a lot of these um, mid prices that have, have done quite well, then that way you can keep him, push him and upgrade around it, which is pretty much what I'm looking to do. Also, Chris, do you want to touch on the DPP watch as far yeah. as uh, end of round eight? So the first one that's obviously notable, we've already talked about is, is Darcy Cameron, who will get ruck forward status. So now that he's gone basically, not full-time ruck, but he's obviously playing majority ruck, he's now gone past the 35% threshold for ruck time, and that'll only increase between now and round 12. So he's guaranteed to get ruck forward status. So that'll add a little bit of flexibility into your team if you do have him in the forward line. 
you in you know three weeks' time, you'll have him at uh, potentially at R3 or swinging in. He could also be a great long-term F7 um, R3. However, he's got a time limit on him. So one thing you've got to be aware of is that as soon as Grundy comes back, he is a must-trade. So just be aware that his scoring is only going to be good for as long as he's playing major ruck minutes. Otherwise, it's done. Um, outside of that, uh, you've got uh, Bont, who currently, if they were to pause the season, he's on 37% also, and it looks like he will be getting forward. However, that has to that trend has to continue for the next couple of weeks for him to play over 35% forward for that to be guaranteed. I think and that helps same- with... Bont as well. He's had a few niggles, so I think they might kind of try and still nurse him for another round or two. Yeah, um, yeah. But if he gets forward, he's guaranteed in my and team. The following oh, week, they play the Suns, I believe, up in Ballarat, which you would think um, there's plenty of time for Bont to rest forward in that game. Yeah, and I think um, so. Yeah, I think that he's the number one. He has to be your number one trading target because I think even as a forward, he probably still goes between one hundred five to one ten, right? So even then, he's going to be top three, top four forward. Um, so you have to have some way of getting him in because he'll yep. be too too good to miss in the forward line in the back end. So you've got um, to keep some room for your pudding, ladies and gentlemen. Right. And then we've also got Bailey Smith, who also is currently on 37%. So he could potentially do um, be a forward target as well, which essentially will mean you'll have Dunkley, English, uh, Bont and Bailey Smith, all top six forwards and all for the same team. Which well, is... and Trelaw's not that far off it. No. And you've got Libertore, who's not far off as well. Yeah. You could have a six, you could have a forward line literally stacked with six really good. If that happens, guess who's definitely not top six? Isaac Heaney, boys. Right, you heard it here first. I was going to say Lucky Isaac Hunter. Heaney, <laughs> Isaac Heaney, it was never going to be top six. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, um, right. Definitely not Lucky Hunter. No, uh, so yeah, so those t- and those two are really important. I think they're the, probably the most important that look like definitely going to make it. Um, outside of that, there's not really any notable guys at this stage, but only because those guys look like absolute marks. And look to like I'm looking at guys like okay, so if you've got a round thir- a round fourteen rook, obviously they have the round thirteen buy. That's who you got to be looking at trying to trade up to these guys, or maybe even holding Nick Martin past that you know round thirteen buy and then trading him in round fourteen to these guys. Or you know there's there is a couple well, of different that, options. Well, that's why Darcy Cameron's such a big appeal this week, right? Because Cameron straight guy. to one of those guys, and he'll be four fifty five hundred k by that time, in my opinion. So mm. it'll only be. And the way that Bont is, he'll only be 550 to 570. You know, Bailey Smith probably around about that 550 mark. So definitely can get a Darcy, a Darcy Cameron there. Uh, even potentially Will Brody. I mean, I know he's averaging very well, but is he 110 well? No. So you can get a 10 points bump from going Will Brody, plus you get the gain of having him on field that week. So maybe store some cash for these round 12 forward premiums that, um, that look like they're going to happen. So And Brody, Brody plays um, Suns and Pies next two weeks. So yep. he could so effectively gonna... go 110 the next two. Unfortunately, he plays Melbourne and Brisbane after that, but his break-even should be low enough. It won't affect it even if he has jam. a lower game. Um, yep. Yeah, and it might be a good time because Freo's draw does get a bit tougher after the buys. You know, I think they've got um, you know, St Kilda away, the Swannies, Melbourne, dogs in there. Um, so, yeah, it could be a good little upgrade. So I think also at the end for... of the day, yeah. You go back. So say also for Collingwood, um, 
Cameron. So is it, I'm not the biggest advocate, but I'm thinking about going there because everyone, I think, people that will go there will get rewarded. And it gives me these weird Marshall vibes from a couple of years ago where it was 300, <laughs> 330K and everyone started to jump on, Marshall this, Marshall that. And I completely ignored him and it hurt me. Um, after you go through the dogs and Fremantle, who probably have some of the better rucks, particularly if English is back in, who's not necessarily a big tap ruckman anyway, but Carlton have, what, De Koning? I would prefer if English was playing this week compared to um, Steph yeah. Martin. From a fuel physicality standpoint, I think that, that uh, Cameron's got a better chance to win more hitouts this week if it's English versus Martin. So, that makes sense. And I wonder if the dogs actually pair the both of them for some weird reason. And if that's uh, the case, I'm no, not picking up English until the and uh, You're right, drops. Ben, about yeah. the Marshall vibes, because I don't see Grundy playing again this year. He's still listed as 10 weeks. So what's that? Takes him round 18, round 19. Are the players yeah, so, really going to... Unless you are in contention of making finals, you're not bringing him back. Well, no. the um, injury report today said that he... So they, they didn't go surgery route with his PCL. They went with the natural healing process and yeah, he's in a brace right now. He's got another week in that brace and then they've reassessed after that. So if they reassess after that and then they need surgery, he's definitely gone for the season. Like absolutely. So um, next week will give us a lot more information, but at this stage we don't know is the answer. But if it turns out that next week we find out that it's, yeah, he's come out and he actually's had a setback or he needs surgery or whatever it may be. Cameron's got to be a lock. Like an absolute lock, right? He's going to go probably 100 in the forward line. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe that might not be enough, but I think is it at his price for a switchability uh, and backup at F7, R3, I think it's probably worth it. Yeah, um, yeah. even then if English goes into your ruck line, then he's on field or he you can throw him in there. Um, but they also played De Koning in round 11. And um, who is it, Lynch? Is it um, round 12, Hawthorne? I'm Max not sure Lynch, who's. Yeah, yeah, Max, yeah. yeah, so yeah, so you got De Koning and Lynch, two guys who are very inexperienced as far as the ruck line goes. So I think they're two good opportunities going into the buys. I mean, they have Melbourne round 13, which is probably going to be the hardest challenge. But even then, if he doesn't do well, then literally you're probably not going to drop much cash because his break-even will be fairly low anyway. Well, well and, Gorn's probably going to be out until at least his buy, so that makes sense. Yeah, sure, of course. And <laughs> he'll just get rested the next two weeks. It's fine. Um, yeah, but we're going like we're going to be blessed with options, like the dual position players. But then also we're going to have that mid-season um, supplement list uh, draft yeah. that they they do. So we'll get a couple of those guys who are just absolutely smoking the you know, the VFL waffle sandfall competitions. Um, I mentioned Fordham before, but I believe there's a couple in the especially in South Australia, and, and we've seen in the waffle those guys who have been top up players um, wouldn't be surprised if they're actually officially added to the list, especially West Coast. Um, yeah, I think what was it Mount, Mountford played a couple of good games. There was a kid on the weekend, and he's he would be really handy for Super Coach Dean, and on the, he's on the bubble this week, and um, he's 102k defender uh, mid. Yeah. So, I mean. And, and was it Flor Florcina against the the Lions yeah, on the yeah. weekend? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Oh yeah, he's not even on Super Coach. I was no, like, because he's not. Because he was killing he's it. A top up player, so you wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be surprised if he gets drafted mid season with already a hundred and two in his score. Would that go on to his score though if he gets drafted, yeah, or well, is it it's not got it. not relevant? It's got it. Like, how can you not just not include his hundred and two because he's played a game? So comes in as a 500k premium. Comes in yeah, because he's got 102, and uh, the fucking screw us too. What oh, should happen? 
There was one player. I think he's a key deficient, uh, key position. Key deficient. Yeah, deficient. Key, key, yeah, we don't want him. Mate. He's a key shuffler on the dance <laughs> floor. Key position, key We've talked enough defender. about Mason Cox over the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Speak, sorry, mate. Speaking about yeah, Mason I Cox. I actually brought him up two weeks ago and people shat all over my idea. Do you know the feedback and, um, I got? Because I mentioned that on my pod the other day. Um, about because Mason Cox towed up my cousin and that I better give him a shout out because maybe that that um fired him up against the Lions on the weekend because he was probably Coburg's best player, my cousin. So for a few people saying, "Oh God, you were harsh on your cousin last week," then he bounced back against the Lions this week. Coburg didn't; they were flogged, but well done there to him. You go. Yeah. Maybe you just needed to give him a was North he, Melbourne. Maybe I needed to do because... that, like David Noble type, and just fucking yeah. let loose. But... What a Fair enough. That was apologising. Um, now, the one that we haven't really touched on, we've touched on obviously Hewitt potentially coming back, but I mean, do we think he's actually coming back? Because I've got the feeling that he's not. Now, there's there was nothing today on, which is strange. I didn't see anything on Twitter today about uh, Hewitt. Now, late last week after the game, Michael Voss said that for him to be eligible to play this week, he has to train both sessions. Their first session is to, to, was today. Now, I didn't hear anything. So have you guys heard anything? On based on Hewitt and whether or not he trained today? No. I'm going to go on faith, the fact that he was a test for the last two weeks. <laughs> and um, fingers crossed. Unless the session's tomorrow because they've got a Sunday game, don't they? Yeah. So may, may, they may have had yeah, the extra day's Wednesday, rest. Wednesday, Friday might be that. So, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so that's that, that'll be interesting. So, I mean, if he trains tomorrow, that means he may be named. But if he doesn't train on Friday, that means that he's probably not going to be playing. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that alone gave me enough of a, yep, I don't think I can run him and I trade him. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, who, who's, who's held obviously. And I don't think you can trade him now. I think if you've, if you trade last week was the time to trade him. If you didn't trade him then, then you can't trade him now. Um, yeah. but would you bring him back in? That's the other question. Do you bring him straight back in or do you hold him out if you, if well, he's he still a pretty good price. You might watch him a little bit. The, the one thing that's been kind of guiding me this year is every time that I say, like, had Cripps out for a week or with um, uh, looking at Hewitt as well, if you sideways the premium, right, is it going to change your team makeup or can you upgrade and still balance out your premium list? Which has been one thing that's really guided me this year. So Cripps was out. I was like, okay, that's fine. He's out, which isn't great. Right, but I was still able to actually make an upgrade that that week, which means that I had the exact same amount of premiums that week as I as I did the week before. And for the last two weeks, I've actually upgraded. I think once two weeks ago, and then I had two upgrades the week just gone, which means that I was still upgrading. What was it? A cadence? Like I was still upgrading my premiums, mm-hmm. and instead of just if I sideways trade, then I'm just going to still have the same amount of premiums. So if I upgrade, then that way, if he's fit the week after, then I've automatically got another premium in my side. Yeah. Does that make sense, boys? No, like, as in you, and, yeah. Yeah. That's, so why only, that's why I did last week. Because you're still playing the premium and a rookie yeah. on field, right? You're still playing a premium and a rookie on field, except you've upgraded to that premium yeah. and then you're taking a rookie instead of your injured player. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I used the boost last week and brought in Parker, like two premiums. So, yeah. Boys, I'm more... smashing my boost. I've only got two left. I'll, I'll be done with my boost next week. No, I'm, I don't need... I'm, I'm down to one. I don't need them after next week. I honestly don't need them. Like, so I don't know why people are saving their boost for because yeah. you're getting three trades over the buyers anyway. The only worry people are saying they're going, oh, God, why didn't I get three players out with COVID and stuff like that? But if you don't have oh, any West Coast or Freer players, you don't have to fucking worry about it. 
Yeah. Boys, I got three boosts still. I'm thinking about using one this week, obviously. So that would be two after but, this week. But what are you saving them for yeah. is my question. Um, to go balls deep very soon. Um, <laughs> no, as in, yeah, because- I, I'm, looking, I'm looking to do probably a triple this week again. But I've been managing to be able to do just the one down, one up. Because I already had Proust earlier d- when you I guys were bringing him in. trading so. just for the sake of trading. But no. um, exactly. it, like, there's, there's been good rookies available that I wanted mm. to pick up. You know, so I, I've... And I've had injuries as well. So, you know, I've had English that went down. I had Hewitt that went down. Um, I kept Crips. But, you know, so those were trades that would have need to have been made. And I've just been out bringing in the rookies that I've been able to bring in. This week, if I bring in Hewitt, is that's fine. But it means that I, I won't get that third rookie. Now, and so you traded him out, cash. yeah? Who did you yeah. who did you get in the other week then? Doherty. Ah, right. He's, he's gone really well. So I can bring in, bring back Hewitt this week. Um, he's the only premium that I'm interested in. I've, I've only got 553K if I trade out the players I want to trade out. So I can bring in Hewitt, but I can't bring in English. However, if I triple down and then go one down next week, I will be able to bring both Hewitt and English in next week. So I'm actually more leaning towards tripling down this week and then double upgrading next week and getting the players I want rather than jumping on Hewitt even if he does come back or jumping on English even if he does come back because the English's break even is 99. So yes, he can obviously break that incredibly. I think there's a chance because of his injury that he comes back and they play him with Martin, in which case definitely not touching. Or he comes back and plays a lot more forward time and they have like a Cordy that plays more ruck time, which could also happen. Um, either way, that 99 break even means that he's not going to, even if he goes 130, he's not going to be out of my price range. He'll still be, say, 20K more expensive than most. Um, same with Hewitt. Hewitt's got a break even. I think it's 87 from memory. Um, you're testing me now. Uh, but again, you know, it's the first time that we've seen uh, all of the midfielders in one uh, one team. So I'd like to be able to see how that works. I'd like to be able to see if they're going to ease him back or if they throw him into 85% time on ground. I'd like to see it before I trade him back in. So Hewitt's got I'm an 88. Gonna, 88, yeah. So I'd like to be able to hold off um, until next week. And I would prefer to see them both named this week. But I think even if they do, I'm probably going to wait. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go with that. The other thing I am looking at as far as you know, trying to prioritize people that I consider key cogs. So who is a must have in my team and who am I flexible at getting in? For instance, the ones that if you don't have already, all right, so the ones I'm targeting, yours would be different to me, boys, but Cameron, yeah. Um, you know, like Stuart and go, I'm really big on Mills if he, you know, when he drops and Steele. These are the, and English. They're the pretty much key cogs I didn't have. So when I had money for an upgrade, I paid a little bit overs for Stuart because I felt like he was a key top six and I wanted him. Now, there were other people that I was flexible on. So I was like, well, do I want Petraka or can I get away with getting someone else instead of him? You know, there's Brayshaw, there's Laird, there's all these other players, you know, depending on price-wise. So I'm trying to work out key cogs and then flexibility. So if you're looking for flexibility, there are there is someone I am actually big on. Now, it's really left field because he only came back from injury, only had a one game, which isn't even that good. But Dangerfield is $466,000, which is stupidly low. He has a notorious history for coming home extremely strong in the back end of the year. Geelong need him to come back and play strong for the end of the year. Um, 
his break even's high enough that you definitely can sit and wait for another week. I think his break even's about 98. But I am kind of tempted by pairing up, you know, a danger field and a titch who are both going to be about $450,000 at some point, which is stupidly priced. Where do you sit, boys, as far as trying to target value and then target key pillars in your team? Swizz, first. Yeah, well, that's probably been my problem why I'm ranked a lot lower than you guys because the guys that like the higher teams, like they're running Bruce Wits in the ruck. They've got Tom Green in their side, Bailey Smith. So those who have gotten value this year have been you know, paid off in spades. Um, and I've probably more chased those higher end guys, you know, getting in your Doherty's and your Olivers, Petrarca's, you name it and stuff, um, because I've kind of been looking at going, okay, come second half of the year, these guys are notable 115, 120 blokes, where those guys, other ones I'm expecting to be sort of 100. Now, have I left my gap too much to those players? And does it become too hard for those people with all those players in their team to start trading up? You know, or, or when do they make the move and going, okay, crap, Tom Green's 10 points less than those guys every week. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing is going the premium guys. Unfortunately, you know, rookie roulette's killing me there and, that, and that's the flip side to it. Um, but the value, as long as it's the right value, um, and, and that's the hard thing, like we could jump on Dangerfield and Tom Mitchell because they've got the history for sure. And I love that price. Especially as you said, Dangerfield's going to still probably be about 450 this week. Tom Mitchell's definitely getting under 450 because of the 40 on the weekend. Both have shown the ability to score huge. Tom Mitchell last year came on, came home like a house on fire. So, would I be happy loopholing them at M8, M9 if I could get away with it? Absolutely. The problem is maybe not as much Dangerfield because I think the Cats go have you know still need him as you said. But as somebody like a Mitchell, has the game kind of gone past him a little bit with Sam Mitchell's game plan? And, you know, are you going to lose that? Is it too much of a risk that he puts out a 40 or a 50 again when if I say pay up and, yeah, I might have a D6 rookie, but I might have, say, Mills as my D8 and you're running Tim Mitchell, are you going to fucking fall behind because of those points? So... It's a tough one because I get the value and and some people are looking at going, well, it's going to cost me too many trades to sort of get up to those real premium guys. Um, but it's hard to ignore some of the value. So I, I think the value move's been the right move this year. <coughs> You've just got to play the right, got to be on the right player at the right time. Um, Yeah, like maybe. Uh, look, I think you're it's all dangerous. right. It's dangerous. Yeah, no, value is good, but not in the midfield because there's no such thing as value in the midfield. There's the guys you pay up for because they score well, and that's it. The difference this year in the midfield compared to every other year previous outside of last year, I'd say, is that now there's like 15 guys that are averaging 115 plus. So it's not really value anymore. There's no such thing as midfield value. Like 570K is value in the midfield. It, like there is, in my opinion, no chance the danger comes back. And even if he does average what we consider well, it's not going to be better than, say, Andrew Brayshaw, who's probably going to be, what, 8th to 10th averaging midfielder. Um, the, like value, for example, like everyone was like, oh, Tom Green, such great value. His three-round, five-round averages is 103.5 or something. Like it, 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 value is only good for a certain amount of time. 
I think you're absolutely shooting yourself in the foot if you try and go for one of these guys and fingers crossed, hope that they actually pull it out. Because history tells me that Tom Mitchell might be able to pull it together for, say, four or five weeks, but he's not going to be able to do it for the next, what, 13 rounds of the season? How many rounds are there left? 13 no, rounds of the season. 13. So you're probably 11 when you're looking at bringing him in. Yeah, no, just don't think that's waste. I mean, I do know that obviously Dangerfield, you know, he's, ever, he's been able to do it, blah, blah. And he's done it heaps of times before, but we've also seen a steady decline in his super coach scoring for the last four years. Why do we all of a sudden think he can go back to 115 plus scoring, which is what he needs to do in order to be worth it at M8? Because it's still about points. So you're so saying unless... go, go Cameron, save yourself 100,000. Go. No, Cameron so in the, line, the difference is Cameron, in the forward line, it makes sense. And he's, yeah, so in the forward line, it makes sense because, and first of all, you're not bringing in. Dangerfield to uh, to make cash. You're, you're bringing Dangerfield mm. because you want him as a season keeper. Yeah. You're bringing in Cameron because he's got the ability to do both. So it's a short-term play, five, six rounds. He's got the right role. His role's changed. He still can score well. In He can now score in this, in this role. He's not going to be able to score forward. Um, so you're looking at a short-term play, make 100 to 150K, and then trade him out to an Uber premium forward which there's going to be more of all of a sudden in round 12. So that play is completely different than jumping on a danger field at round 14 and just fingers crossed that he just pulled, turns it around. I just See, don't think that that's a good way to play super coach. Chris, I agree with you more with Tom Mitchell because I, I just don't like his role and the game style that Sam Mitchell's trying to play with those younger guys. Dangerfield, I'm more optimistic because the cats, this is their last crack. And that they're not winning it this year. They're not freaking winning it for for ages and that. And yes, they've been very good at topping up and bringing in plays and stuff like that. But we've seen West Coast drop off this year. It's happening to Geelong. Um, so this is their chance. So if you're talking about bringing him in, say in two weeks' time, or just say he's still around the 450 mark, they play West Coast twice still in that run home. They've got North Melbourne. They've got Gold Coast. Like, like their draw is as soft as it can get. And Geelong are playing to win. And we saw what he did to Essendon in that round one game. So I think there's potential for Dangerfield to at least go 110. Now, I know the points aren't as good as you were saying as maybe a Brayshaw or a Mills, which I agree because I think they're top end. But if that's the difference of you able to bring in Stewart over, you know, a a guy who's five points less anyway, it can balance itself out. So and that, I think that's there's more true potential. If you are getting that money. Yeah. I think yeah. there's more potential with Dangerfield doing it. And that's why I was saying the right value. And it has to be, you've got to be very particular. Now the people who've been jumping on value this year have just been, you know, smacking, you know, knocking out the park and that. So I can see Bless people you. doing it and getting absolutely blessed with it. I know a few jumped on Zulko last Bless week you. at the right price and we know that's what he Eliza, can do. <laughs> so it's, Sorry, it's yeah. one of those things. If, if you were playing for league, it is one of those things. It's mate. one of those things. You know Swiss is doing things? it now. I was listening it's to the other day, and Nathan Buckley was like, "You know, it's just one of those mm. things." I'm mm. like, "Ha ha!" Nathan Buckley <laughs> listens to the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so if I was playing for leagues, Dangerfield would be 100 percent in my side, particularly if you're trying to chase yeah. some wins. Uh, as in, not overall, but leagues in general. I think he has a the ceiling. B if you're chasing wins to try and make a top eight or a top four in your leagues anyway, <laughs> then you're kind of looking West Coast. So it was Adelaide 11, West Coast round 14, North Melbourne round 16. So they could definitely bank you some wins in that sort of period of time. And um, 
I guess I'm still optimistic that Danger can go 110. So there you go. Um, one thing I will say, last and Lloyd thing I'll as say, well, cheap as yes. well, just to back up my my final point and close this off with a nice little bow, is that I, again, like most teams only have three or four maybe premiums to go until they're full premium. Yeah. All right, and then they're Why waste max- it? So and then they're maximizing points on field. So when I say full premium like that, I mean that they've got Brody, they've got Canelio, and they considered yeah. to be premiums. And they could potentially still be, but it's likely that they could probably trade out of them, right? So why are they sidewaysing those guys to someone who's just going to be an average midf- midfielder? Yeah, and, and like that doesn't make sense. That's the one I'm looking at the moment. So I've got McCartan and DeConning still on field at D five, D six, but Nick Martin at M eight, where the yeah. other seven are bona fide I've premiums. Got too, I've got yeah. Proust at R two, and that who's still going at one hundred and eight, and I've got Darcy Cameron at F six, who's gonna come one of those dogs players. So I'm realistically, if you want to say actual non-premium, Nick Martin, who's still averaging 90, and the two boys at the back, McCartan and Tagani. So, agree with you. yeah, it, it, you're, you're very right in that, that, you know, it's realistically three actual rookies if we don't count Bruce and Cameron at the moment. Um, yeah, so there's no real need to do it. Yeah. And because of those extra trades, I'm still looking at going, well, I've still got 19 trades. Yeah. So, I'm, so going I'm still going to be able to upgrade your, your yeah, mid-price Yeah, those guys. Premiums, it's just getting yeah. McCartan and Conning up, really, because Martin's still playing a role and that. And, you know, as much as Dangerfield's going to be great, like I'll able to get Martin up to somebody who drops. And I think everyone generally has six bona fide midfield premiums right now. They some A lot of people have seven, and they might be running, say, Nick Martin or Raul at eight or whatever it may be. I know some people who do have eight already so do you yeah i just i don't know i just rather get one of those guys my, that i think I'm pretty my thing and, and the hard thing is because we're going to get absolutely blessed with these forwards as you said with it's likely to be bond and bailey smith and tim english that if you're going to probably go a risk and we and, and geelong's probably the focus because that's what we're saying it's their last crack if you wanted to at the right price for value at f6 Tom Hawkins, we know what he does at home, and we talk about this every year. And, yeah, he does put the odd stinker in. But that draw where they're just going to kick bags, him and Jeremy Cameron are going to have an absolute field day in yep. something like six of those nine games, ten games. We haven't seen the Hawkins 140, That's right. Yet, right. So that's probably better option because if you're running, say, Heaney, would I like Hawkins playing the Suns, North, Eagles twice versus Heaney as an option at my F6? I'm probably willing to nearly roll the dice on a Hawkins at a cheaper price because we know what he can do and he's got the history of doing it. Whereas you said Dangerfield or especially Tom Mitchell, someone like that, versus, oh, well, I'm going to go out and get Mills or Zach Merritt or Walsh or any of them. Mm. Yeah, they're going to, as you said, they're going to get 115. So Dangerfield, I'm open to it, but I'm still, as you said, the mids, not as much compared to somebody like that who, yeah, could be really good value. And you can go on a you know, eight to ten game heater where you're actually averaging ten points per game more yep. than all the other forwards, essentially. Yep. Exactly. Um, hey, quick question here, boys. If you could pick between Petrucca and Brayshaw, who would you go? Uh, I don't Both are cheap. Question. <laughs> I'm, I'm still on. You know what? I, I think it's probably actually much of a muchness, and that yeah. like I, I'm big on track. I've got him in. I think we still have that question mark five. about Brayshaw. With um, Fife, Fife in. and his role, they and that, and they've D's. still got some good midfielders. We know they what they play D's doing. twice as well. 
Yeah, and I think when Melbourne, you know, as much as they they're winning and that, and they've got plenty of wins, I think they've still got a bit to prove when they play against sort of Fremantle. They've got to play the Lions twice, Geelong, Fremantle. So they've got to um, yeah, they actually got the Freo twice there. So and the Dogs again. So the big games, they want to be proven to go. Oh no, we we're not just why you know knocking over these crap teams and that. We're bona fide the best team in this comp. And I think it like what they got next, West Coast North, free out the G, that'll be a big match, but I still think they win it, the Pies. So they'll come into the buys probably unbeaten. And they I th- I think it'll drive them to be the first and, and the way Gorn is and Oliver and the standards they set, drive them to try to go through this season unbeaten, which is a you know, a mighty effort and you know, what did Essendon do? One loss. Like they've got the potential to actually do it, and I think those big games, Petrarca and Oliver, will set themselves and go. Yep, no, nah, we're we're up for this challenge, and I can see Petrarca going sort of massive in those games, which he's done in the past. Well, yeah, Petrarca could show up too this week I, and the next week. I think oh. average wise, though, they probably average somewhere between one fifteen and one eighteen. Both yep. of them, like I think they're both good. I don't think. I, I, well, what do we have? I think I had them before, like preseason. Track at one eighteen for the season, and I had Brayshaw at one fifteen. So, Bra- you know, Brayshaw, Brayshaw's about Brayshaw's soft draws finish up. We talked about Brayshaw being yeah. the guy at the start because no five and their soft draw, which Chris has lost his bet on. Um, <coughs> yeah, when you're coming around, but, <laughs> that's why I'm avoiding going. But it's a hours. different story for Fremantle in the run home. Now Brayshaw could still score really well, but the I best think... option is probably Rory Laird, guys. I think that's what we need to establish. He's expensive though. I do yeah, like well, Laird. He is he's, if you don't expensive. already have him, I guess. Oh, <laughs> and you know who you don't have? Oh, stop it, Clary. Max, Max Gorn and a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I need, I need, I do need to oh, bring him in. I've, I've been able to hold Matt Rowell, and I'm going to probably hold him until he's about by now. But um, he's got his scored all right. I, I just feel like there's he's just on the cusp of having another one of those stupidly big games, and when he does, it's going to set my week up. <laughs> and I really want to, yeah, I really hope yeah. that, yeah, I just feel like it's got that one big game in him before the bye. So fingers crossed. Um, but there's so yeah. many, we, you were mentioning, there is so many options there. Like Parrish has to be seriously considered of that mm-hmm. again. Like he's, he's, like he's a bit of a magnet and that he's since that, uh, like he had his lowest score this year is 97. Like, yeah. And he's, he's put in a couple one thirties in his last three matches. So yeah. Is he a, Better option, yeah. We talked about Mills the drop. Travis Boak is still absolutely flying, and that like we always say, oh, you know, he does kind of drop off. But at one forty nine on the weekend, they're playing North, and I think about Eston two weeks after that. Then the Suns, and he's like, yeah, he's what's his lowest score this year? He's got an eighty eight and an eighty seven, and his next lowest score is one seventeen. Like the guy's absolutely on fire. Who's so, that? Travis Boak. Travis Boak. So yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. He, no, it would. It would definitely surprise me. I had a look at Travis Boak today, actually, because um, someone tweeted us, I think, potentially, or some, I don't know. I saw it on Twitter, and they said, you know, just quietly, um, he's the third highest uh, total points player in the league right now. I'm like, it's not really quiet. The thing is with Travis Boak is he's, um, he, he's generally a hot starter. He's also someone who scores in purple patches. Now, unfortunately, he's 34 years old. His best ever year was still only 109. So even though he starts scoring these purple patches and he goes big and we've all seen it, he's only ever averaged 109 at absolute max. So that would and mean that we're that banking on he Travis was, Boak. 
Yeah, that to, year he started off as a, like a 124 yeah. or 122. He was on fire. He always starts quite well. And so we would be banking on Travis Burke being a 34-year-old player having his best ever super coach run at 34 and by about, what, six, seven points per game to be even considered into the top 10 midfielders. So to me, I just actually can't see that happening. So I'm like, okay, well, it's definitely not going to be his best ever. So let's take off what he's averaging now, 124 overall. Um, and again, you already see that with his, uh, something Chizo pointed out, his three and five round average. So uh, Travis Boak, um, his five round average is down to 111. Yeah. So from his, so that's 13 points below his actual average. So he could be already over that, that, uh, that purple patch that he's had. And now he's on that downward trend. At the same time, so, the, 80, the 88 comes out this week and he's playing North and there's every chance he goes 140 against North and yeah. <laughs> his three, his five game average goes up to about 120. Oh, it'll be so. just Port's luck that North come out and play this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would none, of the, none of the Port premiums score well and North just run over the top of Port. One. One one on the quiet, and we've always talked about when is this guy going to be an out, um, breakout to be one of the premium guys. But this guy, these last four weeks, 129, 113, 108, 154. And that's your boy, Benny, Hugh McCluggage. Good old Hugh. He started off real slow too, where I picked him up at a high average in my draft league. Um, it's an interesting one. I think his rise has definitely coincided with Lions' demise. And I was talking, I think it was to Pistol, I think, last year, because I said, look, I, I quite like Lions this year, but I said when Berry and McCluggage, et cetera, start to really rise and take over, then it's going to be at the detriment of Lions. Now, Berry's obviously fallen off a cliff and he's, he can get out of my side. Don't even like him anymore. Literally one of the worst footballs I've ever seen in my life. Um, but McCl- <laughs> and that's another story. It's – but. McCluggage is, uh, he's been playing inside more. They've been working on him to complement that hybrid inside, outside, and he's actually hitting the goal. Now, McCluggage used to be someone who was, you'd, anytime you kick for goal, you'd be so nervous. And there's only one person that makes you more nervous, and that's Sprainer. And even <laughs> then, he, pro- he proved that again. He, he literally, he kicks, a, he kicks a, a grubber goal. We're like, oh, wonderful. And so I was like, hey, Sprainer kicked a goal. I'm like, no, 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 no. That wasn't a set shot. Next minute hits the post and misses and whatever have you. So um, I do like McCluggage. It's one of those when things. You compare, no, not one of those things. I'm stopping myself now, Chris. Um, <laughs> I am stopping myself the same way that Manscaped stop, stops the pubic hair from growing <laughs> too far in the region. The, but he could be good. Right, McCluggage is good enough, but he still has extremely high ceiling. Maybe his base isn't as low as it was, but he still concerns me for consistency. Um, Neil's killing it. Zorko's now getting back into the midfield. He's another option, Zorko, because Coleman coming back into that side means that Zorko's not even really getting into defense anymore. He's now playing midfield forward. So you look at that midfield matchup and how good that Brisbane are we have some injuries and whatever have you. Leicester comes in and plays into that back line. What a great depth in Leicester. Zorko's not even needed in defense anymore. I don't mind him as a, a midfielder, CBA, and then pushing forward type of person. Uh, where do you guys sit on, on Hugh and Zorko? Um, well, personally, I wouldn't be touching Zorko uh, just due to a injury oh, history, touch, very I'd recent injury history. Um, uh, he's not even that cheap. Like, he's 520K. I mean, that's the same price as Hewitt, so I don't need him. 
Second of all, I don't think he's if he's top. He might be top ten pushing it for the rest of the season if you take out obviously with his previously average and just go from now to the end. But at his price, it's just too much of a risk considering his age profile, um, his body currently, his body for the year. We know that he's already managing an injury that he's going to be managing for the rest of the year anyway. I mean, it's basically a, a pick that's fraught with danger that isn't going to win you much because there's other defenders priced around the same or just more expensive that are going to be able to give you the same or more. So I don't really see the value in picking someone like that unless you just love Dane Zorko, which is fair enough. Um, I also think like, you know, in terms of the best option this week, you'd be looking at Alex Witherden. So uh, I love a bit of Alex Witherden. And, you know, you were talking about scores earlier. You know, he's gone 106, 127, 134, 152, 97. That's Alex Witherden's last five games. And Shannon Hearn's not playing this week. And they're playing Melbourne, so they're going to get pumped. And guess who's going to get all the kickouts, guys? Wow. When you're speaking about his scores, Chris, you, you forgot the, the DNP at the very end of Witherden. Oh, it's um, COVID, mate. COVID. <laughs> okay. So, very, um, very... and for humor cluggage, again, he's just not in, he's not part of the top 10. I can't see him averaging 115 for the rest of the season. So for me, it's a no-go zone. He does have a good ceiling. Now, his scoring has been better. Take out Port Adelaide, but 116, 103, 80, 129, 113, 108, 154. It's not entirely bad. He does have no, a high ceiling. It's just, it's... No, no, I know. It's... What happened to Swiss? Did he, did he jump out? Bail out? I don't know, mate. I'm not even looking. He, he'll come back in when he feels like it. It's okay. He probably just ruined ruined everything. You've ruined, ruined it. I'm no, I'm gonna have to do an Aaron 20 of actual editing. What's going on here? Surely not. Uh, we'll finish ourselves, mate. Don't you worry. Oh, that sounded sus. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I do agree. We'll the, the problem's the purple through, patches, though. That's what I'm that's what I think. Uh, do he jump on the scores in purple patches. We know uh, that we've seen our code. He has a run of you know, five, six supporting us, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Again. And then he comes yes. back and he's done. Swizz, um, you know, shit's so, gone crazy yeah. when Chris uh, is trying to be the rationale and sign off. What's happening? Usually we used to we used to mute Chris. He's changed. This guy's changed. Uh, anyway, that is us, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry